0: She said, I'm going to hire a wino to decorate our home. So you feel more at ease here and you don't need to roam. We'll take out the dining room table and put a bar along that wall and a neon sign to point the way to the bedroom down the hall. That <laughs> uh, sounds familiar.
1: That sounds familiar. I don't even remember when you guys were on the show last. I think it was like number 30 something, I think, or something, way back when, before COVID.
2: No, it was after.
1: Was it after COVID? Uh, We were breaking all the rules back then anyway. So it didn't matter. Well, don't tell people that. Well, that's why I said before. You're the one that just told everybody after. We'll cut (laughs) that part out. (laughs) All right. We got the boys from Waldell Engineering. We're up in Cambridge doing show number three. And Jim is by my side here hanging out. How's it going, Jim? Good to see you back on the
3: mic. Am I on the mic? Or? You're on the You're in
1: front of the mic, sitting <laughs> on the, the mic, mic, mic. On the mic. On Leading the mic. Leaning back. Matt. All right. So Larry and Brian, we're back here. Waddell, we're gonna you guys are obviously Waldell. Uh, ENG.com is the website. And the email is info at Waddelleng.com. Instagram is Waddell And then, oh, wait a minute. Which one is which? Uh, Oh,
2: That sounds like the Twitter one.
1: That's the Twitter one. And then what's the other one? The the Instagram one is Waddell underscore engineering. Correct. Correct. And then are you the only one on TikTok or is Waddell on TikTok?
2: No, it's under Waddell, the same as Instagram. Because
1: I know you're all over TikTok. He's like, he's like a fiend with it's TikTok. A, it's and a there. new
2: thing. It's a new thing.
1: I know it's a new thing. All the new kids, all are, they're doing that. I just don't have the time for it right now. But <laughs> let everybody, back to the show, and let's talk all kinds of engineering. Where do you guys want to start, gentlemen? Like, how do you guys want to start? I know Jim's got a number of questions regarding engineering. Think, of it, think about it this way, Jim. They're not
2: billing us by the hour.
1: True. <laughs> True.
2: We also don't have our computers in front of us either. So. But
1: we're in your office, so you guys can quickly grab your computers, man. You could if you want to. Valid
2: point. <laughs> Why? Well, we're not going to. No, no,
3: we're not. We're not going to engineer a house right now. <laughs> no, no. Let,
1: let's let's get started
2: on, okay, so where do
3: you guys want to begin? Yeah,
2: it's hard to say what we've already talked about and where we want to go from there. Well,
3: for the ones that are listening for the first time, like me, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, when, you know, how long you've been in business, yeah. when you got started. There we go. So we started about 12 years ago so we specialize in uh, agricultural buildings commercial and some residential and uh, basically everything comes through the door kind of thing we also like to do lots of industrial we do a lot of industrial buildings and because we do like a lot of steel shop drawings with solidworks Uh, millwrights like that a lot
1: okay so all of that went right over my head man (laughs) you don't turn
0: anything away depends on like what the project is Uh, smaller type
2: projects they kind of get turned away just because we don't have time to do everything. right right but uh, so
1: what's a smaller type project
2: just if you want like a, a beam design in the house and we do do a bunch of uh, wall removal projects it's just, if we have time in our schedule to fit it in we will if you are uh, if you have time in your schedule to wait for th- it <laughs> to wait for it and uh, kind of go from there but we always kind of specialize in that quick turnaround speedy service and especially when we do like a lot of mill rating projects usually they're calling us because there's a problem on site and they need to put, you know, either they need to like lift out a piece of equipment or or someone got injured. or When it's a problem on site, what
1: are we talking about like that during the construction process problem?
2: Uh, like one of the factories we do a lot of work at, it's usually they have some sort of maintenance item that has to get addressed. Um, and it's hard to get equipment in to lift out the part that weighs, you know, two tons.
1: So you guys engineer how to get that thing out?
2: A lot of the stuff is on your production line. So we'll design a weight so you could lift that part out and replace it.
1: Wow, quick. that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So you got like an obsolete piece of machinery, so to speak, or maybe just a broken down piece of machinery that needs to be removed?
2: Yeah, just a bunch of the lines and stuff. So they'll have like mortars that have to get maintenance or if a mortar blows. You know, sometimes it'll take like a day to change that mortar, right? But then if you can put like a little monorail up, then all of a sudden that becomes down to like a two-hour...
3: I didn't know this. So you got a design just to maintain
2: yeah that's what a lot of it is and then access to different points in the building where you know sometimes they would have to go up get on the roof well they would just put up a ladder up well now now you need a platform to go access it and
3: when i was back in the sheet metal days when gm and ford would shut down you guys would be in there and we had two months to do all this and Right. Okay. So that's, that's, yeah, that's exactly. What it is. So
2: a lot of times, like when we were doing stuff at Honda, we would go in before shutdown, measure up what we needed to do, or like they would need to change, you know, a part of the line. We go and measure up, see how the, in Allison, right? Yep. Uh, we would measure up. So then when the shutdown happened, all that seal was already fabricated. Ready to could go. Come in and, and get switched over the weekend. So
1: you guys are coming in and you're assessing the original structure, or would there already be a record of the original structure? determining what those posts can carry for your new applications? Is that the idea or you're assessing that?
2: A bit of both. Sometimes they have the project drawings on site, but then okay. depending on the age of the building, you know what happens to those project drawings.
3: They disappear. Like if you're doing Honda, let's just say, that's a yearly thing, right? Yeah. So you would already kind of know ahead of time what you're up against.
2: But then we get into like older factors. Like we do a lot of work at Rockwell. The one plant is 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 well aged, so there's no documentation. That's whatsoever. where the speedy
3: comes in, because usually these, like when you look at car dealerships, they shut down for you know three weeks, and that's it. And then if you're not up and running by that, you're losing millions of dollars every day. Day, right? yeah.
2: You all know. these all these production lines, they know how much they're losing per hour. Right. Of downtime. Are right? they
1: knocking on your shoulders saying, "This is what we're losing. You guys need to." Speed it up a bit, or no? Most
2: of the time is they're planning before they get shut down. I did not
1: know that you guys did that. I was like, surprise, man! Why did you guys tell me that? Oh, you just kept it for the show. Is that what it was? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's just—it's not the stuff yeah. that you don't realize happens. It's not but the pretty happens. stuff, right? It's not the pretty stuff, no,
2: I mean, and a lot of times, you know, you can't show photos of the of the work being completed at the time, right? Oh, well, they won't let you, eh? No. no, no secrecy. They just well, like some places, they just don't want photos of showing how their lines are done, because a lot of that... Competitors.
1: Competition. Exactly. Got it.
2: Or or they'll have their lines, but they'll be sped up past their um, design limits.
1: So are you guys also going in there and building catwalks and everything like that? If they don't have them, you're designing all that kind of stuff?
2: Yeah, exactly. A lot of the things, too, is just different walkways, access points on the roof, just making sure that everything is uh, safe.
3: So if you guys were to rebuild the gardener, how would you guys do that?
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs>
3: That's one of the ones that would come through the door and they wouldn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I know, I know. Yeah, would
2: be exactly. looking at her schedule yeah. and be like, yeah, we're a little busy for that one. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you guys do a bunch of
1: other stuff. You also take care of like large-scale barns. You guys also do residential. You showed us a little shack that you guys are working on right now. It's got 16,000 square feet, uh, stuff like that. So what
0: else do you guys handle? We like a lot of timber framing. Uh, timber framing? Yeah, timber framing, anything timber framing. The new stuff doing from the new or the old stuff, try to recondition it and stuff.
1: Educate our listeners and myself, how do you calculate load on timber framing? How do you determine? We have load chart
3: by
0: the species, right? Of the wood. Yeah, exactly. So we have load charts from the Canadian wood manual. And so in that manual, it gives you all the load kind of uh, what, what it can take kind of thing based on species. And it's not. And then sometimes when it's old growth, we can increase those values a little bit because the old growth trees had to fight to uh, to grow, right? So it's a bit harder. So you can oh, wow. increase those values a little bit. But basically, we follow what's in the manual. Who are the stronger species out there than and the weaker species? Or? So we usually design to uh, SPF, like spruce, pine, fir kind of thing. It all depends. It's like all different things. Like So the hardwoods, they're really good. They're for strength, but they can also uh, They're also kind of more fragile, kind of Jim. I thought SPF was like a suntanning thing,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So, so all right, that's interesting. So, do you guys
3: get involved when I mean, because now people are trying to use reclaim this, reclaim that? Yeah, do you get get involved in the reclaim beams like out of barn beams? And do you,
2: well, a lot of the time now they'll take an old barn down and repurpose it at a new location. Um, so that's kind of the the growing trend where everyone wants to get married in a wedding barn, right?
1: Uh, not me. (laughs) There's something romantic
2: about
0: the old timbers, right?
1: No, no. Get married.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: With the COVID, everyone wants like a smaller wedding kind of outside of town and, and it's just very popular at
3: lunch where I told you about my buddies. One of the cottages was two barns that he took down, rebuilt, But from the outside, it just all had like a, you know, a siding on it, black siding. And then when you walk in, it's the full on Mm -hmm. part. Now he had to work with some engineers in order to get that done.
0: Yeah, it was really, it was actually very cool.
3: That's
1: what you guys are tackling as well?
3: Yeah. Correct. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it looks good because you walk in, it's like all open. You got the wood everywhere. Yeah. It's just, you just kind of walk in, you look around, and it's like, it's just impressive, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he he had
3: actually featured in, um, that magazine architectural digest no no one from here the canadian ones
1: house and home i don't know yes house, house and, and home, home. Yeah, yeah okay yeah load calculations on that's got to be challenging no but you're just
0: taking the manual and that's it you're inputting it into those calculations yeah actually it's pretty straightforward so uh, basically we're using like we have a 3d program called resa and uh, it comes from california and it's really good you just draw your members you put the loads on it from the ontario building code and then you run it and it tells you the deflection in the building, what members are overstressed, which ones have to be upsized. Gives you all the uh, design loads that you have to have at the connections. And then you take those and then we check our charts for like the screws kind of thing and, and just make sure everything works out.
1: So that's a good so, point. What are you guys yeah. fastening this stuff together with? Are you using modern tech, right?
2: It depends on the barn. Yeah. Sometimes we'll be using the, the new timber tech screws. Yeah, And love some, those by the way. And sometimes we're just using the dowels, the wood dowels,
0: the traditional
2: yeah oh yeah M-A- old way. school
0: yeah i like to try to make those work kind of thing because it is kind of the old school kind of thing sometimes it doesn't work for tension I think intention's is kind of not really working very well but uh try to do ensure we always try to use the wood and then go to the, the the mechanical screws later
2: and a lot of time when you're working on these projects especially if you're going to use it as a house or a wedding venue or commercial project by the time you insulate the walls you have to either put up a new stud structure around it just for the insulation to sit, yeah. or we'll use a structural zip panel. So at that point, we, we can start relying on the structural zip panels. Hold it all together.
1: Do you guys have to have more site visits if you are going to dowels because making sure that the tradesperson is actually drilling it properly and hammering it in together properly?
2: We would go out and review it uh, when they're putting it up, but basically they just follow the timber shop drawings and... As long as but, I mean, I, this is a
1: special skill for a tradesperson. Not every tradesperson knows how to do this, right? Correct, yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Most framers would know how to do this or they would want to do no, it. Typically,
2: think- typically, if you're doing, like, new timber, you would just send it to a, a timber company, yeah. and they would just they just specialize in that. So there's a lot of them around here. Caledon Timber Products, uh, Wolf Lake Timber, a bunch of different guys that we work with, and all that's all they do, only timber. So if you have a timber project, you just contact them, They'll do the, the timber side of the thing, and then you can look after the rest. Yeah, they specialize. You know. Two things I didn't know about you guys. What else, man? <laughs> that's it? No, there's that's it. only
1: yeah, two that's things. That's right. <laughs> show's wrapped. It's done. That's it. That's all. We've told everybody everything about you okay, guys. Okay, I so. got a question. I got a question.
3: <laughs> and you guys probably won't admit this. <laughs> In the engineering world, do we over-engineer
2: our homes now? <laughs> well, now it's just a liability game, so yeah, there will be. The, there's definitely higher tolerances to everything these days. Has the, the
1: liability gotten higher?
2: Just the insurance has, and the payouts and everything like that. So, so
3: that's the reason why. Yeah.
2: yeah. So now you because guys.
3: Because I've have seen it over the years. Just things just get bigger.
1: bigger. Well, you just like even know when your, your own. Just uh, get
2: well, you just know it with your own uh, contractor insurance, right? Yeah. It's gone, gone up, up over
1: the years. Right. It goes up and up and
2: up and up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're talking about these projects, you know, if you're talking about a wedding venue. There's a million dollars sitting there, right? Mm-hmm. So that's if there was an issue, there's, that's going to be a big payout, right. right? So so here's
3: here's something that happened to me. Two days ago with an engineer that I have never met before <laughs> on a project. Oh, Jim told me this story. I know this story. Not going to mention any names, but we're, you know, <laughs> we're doing this house and he's spec day W, you yeah, know, W39, W10 by 39, 42 feet long, like from one end to the end, one side, side to side. Location is Toronto. Forest Hill, very tight. So I can't get the trailer in i can't get the crane in i can't shut down the street so i asked could we cut it over the column over one of the columns you got the yeah, it's sitting on the outside wall then there's two columns
2: well that's good you have columns i was scared you're going to tell us it's, no it's no no so we got the, so we got the
3: columns and then the piece that if we even if we cut that off would be like maybe 16 15 feet it are, so how would you do the joint on that? Or would it's, you have to do the joint on that? Would, yeah. you,
1: would you insist on keeping it the full length and
0: having it installed that way? No, no. I I would do the joint over the column, and then you would cut it kind of thing. And it really doesn't need a whole lot because you got bearing on both sides. We might put some fish plates on either side maybe. That's about it maybe. Um, there's no moment going through there, so you wouldn't do anything on Depends the flanges. On the loads
2: that are... On that beam, but
3: I mean, it's a typical two-story. So they were going to be flush beams. So the floor joists were going to be, you know, sandwiched in. So it's not going to move anywhere. So that's what I thought, and I thought, okay, well, I just call it a plate, put it in the web, right, weld it off, and once it's all into place, and that's we should be good. But I was told (laughs) in. Really abruptly. (laughs) (laughs) After I saw what he proposed, which was three-eighths plate on top, welded, 12 bolts, same thing on the bottom where the column was going to go. Okay. And I've never seen a connection like this in all the time that I've ever done this. 12 bolts, six bolts on either side? 12 on top three 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 twelve same thing on the bottom and then the column goes in yes
0: yeah, so that's a moment connection so uh when you restrain the flanges top and bottom that's a moment connection and you usually don't see those at a support point so it's kind of a bit strange uh, i'm trying to think of why he would do that put myself in his shoes i really don't understand he why said you something do
3: about the stress and yeah. i'm just thinking okay like what stress, and I'm thinking if the thing's going to shift back and forth, but it can't because the floor joists are holding it. But even if I do weld the plates in the web, isn't
0: that just kind of doing the same thing? Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think you just weld those plates. We call them fish plates into the web. I think that would be enough. So, I guess. What, so
3: what I was told to do yeah. after a battle. <laughs> a discussion. A discussion. <laughs> And, you know, I mean, I'll give him this. The guy was away. You know, I was pissing him off. So, you know, I just, I, I emailed back to him. And I just said, look, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I have never seen a you know, connection like this before in everything that I've done. I said, you know, with the engineers I've worked in the past, we were able to cut it and, you know, weld a couple things in, if we had to, in the, in the web and call it a day. That didn't uh, go over well. He said, if you're, if you're going to do that, if you don't want to do the plates on top, then you need to switch it all out to a W1049. So now he just increased even bigger. You know what? I just, I just finally I just said, look, man, I just don't get this. And you know I, I'm not you know, disrespecting you or anything else. I just couldn't you come up with an easier way? And he went and uh, sent an email to the client and said, my understanding is that Jim is just trying to get change orders to spend your money and make
2: extra money. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, whoa, (laughs) whoa. Ding ding.
3: He CC'd me on it, so I obviously (laughs) saw it. And, (laughs) And the owner... The owner called me. First, he did yikes on the email, and then he, uh, he, he called me and, and said, hey, he goes, w- what? He goes I, I don't even know why this is going this way. He goes, I have never heard, like, you have apologized a thousand times for bugging him while he's away. You have been so, you know, white glove treatment type of thing. And he goes, I, I don't know how you, how you take this and deal with this. And I said, look, just let me think and I'll I'll figure it out. So anyways, he sends an email to the guy and say, Look, under no circumstances, Jim is management, he doesn't get extra money in change orders or anything else. So what you said was highly, you know, unfair. Most really unfair. So anyway, we haven't uh we haven't heard any more. He hasn't He's left it as is. I think what we're we're going to do, we're going to leave it as a 10:39. Going to shut down, going to shut down the street, seven in the morning. And I'm just going to see how it goes. Bring it in as one. Just bring it in as one. And that's it. And they let the let let the shit
1: fly. Can you can you go live on IG when when that happens that day that morning? Yeah, I'd I love don't know to if I can go that live. Fly, but...
3: Man, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean that brings up a good point, Jim. I mean to you guys as contractors, should, like, should uh, and we sorry, not? Man, sorry, uh-huh.
3: and, and I've spoke to a couple other guys that we you know I work with all the time, and they said the same thing. Like, no, there's no reason to to do that. My question was, should
1: contractors question G engineers?
2: Well, everyone has their different opinion on how to do a, a certain item, right? So, you know, we always, when there's an issue that arises, we kind of say, "Hey, well, how do you want to address it?" And we'll see if that works, right? Because you guys are the guys are installing it, building it.
3: Well, that and, and, and going that was from there, right, right? And that was my email when I got basically pissed off. I just said, "Look, I'm trying to, you know, not hire their police, not shut the street down, not do this." So I said, "If anybody's spending the client's money," You are. You're trying to be efficient with schedule, with budget, with everything. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, exactly. We're just, oh, that's what I said. I said, look, you were on this well before I was even hired. So why didn't you think of this instead of me? I mean, I'm living the reality of it. You drew it. Maybe you should have thought of making it in a couple sections for
2: us, right?
1: Do you guys have any thoughts on why he wants to go this route?
2: Unless there's some load or stress coming from somewhere above that, that yeah. he's trying to get. Maybe there's an offset. He comes from,
0: comm- he's, he's very commercial. Yeah. It, it could be because uh, if a beam has simple spans kind of thing, it, re- it has more bending in it, right? right? So when you have it solid going over top of that column, there's a negative moment. There's negative bending in it. So it kind of pulls the bending curve up. So you can actually put a smaller beam in then kind of thing. But usually we don't rely on that, right? As engineers, as a general rule rule of thumb, we don't rely on that. We always account for, okay, we don't know where the contractor wants to put those cuts. And uh, so you want to put the cut over that column. We kind of design for that, right? Right. Yeah. So you're well within your rights to say, hey, question the guy, say, Well, a general rule of thumb is we don't put 40-foot beams in houses. Where do we put the cut, right? Right. It's not like I I didn't
3: think I was overstepping my boundary or anything. I just said, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. Like, Can we not just bring it in two pieces? I can bring it on a smaller trailer. Well, you can do it, but you're just trying to avoid
1: what potentially might happen by disrupting the neighbors, the community, extra costs on PDOs and so and this is the beginning
3: of the job right so now if you rub
1: everybody with an onion right in their face yeah
3: how's the rest of your trip gonna be well i mean i just need him up to the framing stage and then he can i won't see him again
2: And it could be one of those things like when we do beams and houses we always bump up the deflection on them right just because the beam that you can size to meet code doesn't really meet your premium
0: design standards either right so what is
1: the deflection again? Over an inch. On some. Uh,
0: we yeah, we always do all of our three sixty. So uh, the length divided by three sixty is the amount of millimeters that you can do. So yeah. And so,
2: so if you I have a you know a large tile up. that you, are putting on top of that beam, if that beam def- deflects an inch, yeah. You're going to. You're yeah. going to, and that's why when you go through some of these. You no know, track houses, and you're walking around. You can feel the floor. You can shake. feel it move,
3: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But that just meets code, yeah, right. Correct. See, I was, I mean, my argument was that three 8 plate, and I don't know how much more the the bolt was going to stick up. What's going to happen my subfloor? You're into the floor now. Yeah, even though there's a wall, um, you know, yeah, there was an opening above it, so yeah, it would definitely, if the, if the bolt. The head of the bolt is more than three-eighths. It's definitely sticking through the, through the subfloor. You'd have to raise all your choice. Well, you have to shave out something. Like you know,
0: so. it's, better to, it's better to take your beams, cut them, and put end plates on them, and then bolt them together because that also gives you that same moment. Capacity. Okay, true, true. So you just cut the beams, weld on the plates, bolt them, and then you have, it takes that bending through there no problem, right? And then you, right. Don't have the, you don't have the, the, the bolts on top, Right but right.
1: what, what is the OBC dead in live loads what are the the minimum requirements for building code do you guys know offhand
0: for house it's 1.9 kpa uh, just
1: 1.9 yep so just yep. as a reference we're allowed to build a structure residential on what is it 75 kpa the ground
0: yeah that's a typical yes. Yes, that's
1: typical. the that's the minimum or standard that we build on is 75 kpa so your your floor is 1.9
0: if a bedroom might be a 1.4 KPA, it depends sometimes where the, in the, ro- the house it is and stuff.
1: So. But are, are we not making the homes heavier with the material that we're using, larger format tile, things like that? Are we like slabs? I've seen people come into homes and putting full three quarter slabs down as flooring now. Now <laughs> that's like a that KPA starts to go from where to where now.
2: We don't get it in a whole lot of uh, residential track homes anyways. So all the homes we're working on are custom. You can just look at the plans and kind of see what's going on they don't really account for any really heavy weights but usually we just crank up the deflection on the beams and and kind of go that route just because if you're building a premium home you don't want those issues anyways right no, no yeah no. yeah so, yeah
1: so you guys will go tighter on this on the, the uh, center so you'll go 12s and you'll go a higher idios of some sort right mm-hmm. would you prefer to use steel or lvl's
2: it really yeah. depends on the contractor's preferences
1: well today's with the wood shortage nowadays it's harder
3: to get LVLs than it is to get steel
2: but then some contractors don't like working with steel so yeah Yeah. because
3: steel is heavy (laughs) her well then they got to bring in a a welder and everything else right yeah all kinds of stuff from there right
1: let's get into the nitty-gritty man you guys are also doing some massive barns man massive barns like what's since we last spoke what was this the biggest barn you guys tackled
2: I think it was just a, a dairy barn that was like ninety-five thousand square feet with uh, <laughs> twelve robots in it. Twelve robots. Uh, robotic, robotic milking. Oh, really? Yeah. Today's uh, farming is is mostly robotics.
1: And so you guys are also setting up structure for that. The the footings or the footprints or
2: Yeah, or we'll do like the whole layout of the of the design and and going through the plans to do that. Right. So usually it's just, it's no different than like your house you have a floor plan that you go off of right so instead of your amazing kitchen we just have cow stalls <laughs> amazing cow stalls <laughs> well and some With of the milkers <laughs> and, and some of them are, are do have amazing kitchens in them too right cuz the guys are basically are working in them all the time they want all the comfort creatures
1: well so you guys are setting up some little living quarters as well in there
2: uh, not living quarters but like you would have a, a nice office Lunch room. So
1: 95,000 square feet, length and width?
2: 143 by math.
0: <laughs> 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 by uh, so it's 700-ish. Holy cow, man. Yeah. That's huge. So with our barns, I think we've done the, the largest clear span was 160 feet. But usually we run a beam line down the center, maybe two beam lines, and then you can put your trusses on there. So you might have a, at the most a 60-foot truss. Right so now.
1: what's the size of that beam?
0: probably the bigger ones are w21 by 44s how long usually to spaced it? at like 24 feet yeah
1: with a post in between yeah yeah HSS uh, six and look six. at jim here crying about a 46 eh? in toronto
2: but the guys have lots of space on <laughs> the jobs right yeah they have the space they can get the cranes in Yeah, know yeah.
1: you guys are in the middle of nowhere you have all kinds of space man yeah
2: everything's done off of the zoom booms there's there's no <laughs> yeah i mean see if we if we had it in a
3: couple pieces you know, Jesse's forklift could tell a hand drop. Yeah, it's just drop, drop it, right it in place. place, right?
2: Like a lot of them, they like to dress them up a little bit just because, you know, you're, you're dropping a million bucks on it and, you know, what's a 50 grand porch on it, right? So, <laughs> <Yeah. it's>, uh, <laughs> at that point. <laughs> so they're dressing it up just because, you know, that's wh- you know, that's where their livelihood's going. And, you know, some of it, like I know we're working on a pig barn that I had a little poll on about what exterior color of steel that everyone liked the best it was black or white you know he's in a special niche market and all his pigs go to toronto so he wants to you know obviously uh show a better image of a of a farm for his for his product right it's all
3: image man right? it is no matter what it is it's in brand it's all kind
1: of business man i i want to get an idea of the the rafter systems that you guys got got set up in that kind of a barn like what are you guys using
2: the rafters, it would be just trusses.
1: Just trusses. trusses. You're using engineered trusses on that span, and that's it. Yeah. Drop them right in place, right on those steel beams, and that's it. Done.
2: Yeah. Yep. yep. Wow. And, and the largest clear span truss we can get, I think, is Marspan can ship a 108-foot clear span truss. How are you shipping that, man? On a, tra- a a tractor trailer is what? Maxed out of what? They have, like, their truss trailers that stretch out.
1: Yeah, the ones that are all divided up, right?
2: 108, I think, is the max that they can ship. Jesus. So what it'll do is it'll drop the pitch to like a three twelve and that way your width won't be too too wide and the the trusses are uh, laminated at the factory so then they're rigid. You follow the truck and the trusses are like hanging off the back, back. And, and almost you know touching the road. It's but it's got a red flag on it though. It, it's it's, got okay. a, it's all good. Well those ones that have that. you got a convoy behind <laughs> yeah, you yeah. With trucks all around <laughs> They have the flagger trucks with it. But yeah, that's the, the largest. 108, huh? Wow. Yeah. Usually you don't go above 80 feet. It's kind of like your normal truss. And so that's kind of your normal shop or shed is 80 feet wide. And then after that, it gets broke down into little trusses and beam lines. But because, like, you know, in these barns, we don't necessarily need open concepts. So you can have columns in key locations and, and get away with the smaller trusses. How long does it
3: take you from, like, excavation to done you guys are fast
2: well we're just the structural engineers but uh usually those crews that go in there they're pretty quick so you know some of those barns you know obviously just like your house to get to the framing stage doesn't take a whole lot of time right it's the interior stuff that uh you know the electrical and the plumbing that takes a lot and the equipment installers and that some of these barns have been built and up and running within a month right <laughs>
1: What do you mean, <laughs> from excavation to pouring? To yeah,
2: to well, and that's more like your extreme case, right, where, you know, if a, a barn fire happened, the neighborhood comes and, and helps put it back up. But usually they're kind of, you know, four months, five months. That's all right, eh? So well. that brings
1: up a good point. Right, what are the safeties going into barns these days? Are you guys uh, not a part of that at all or you have to be a part of that?
2: As in the code side of it? Or? Yeah, well,
1: I mean, if, if a fire does happen, uh, and how do you protect that building or make it last longer, things like that? I uh, think that's a code thing, right?
2: Yeah, there's a there's a farm code. It's a total of uh, 28 pages, and and, and that has that, everything. That crackling
1: sound, there's Lucy. Lucy, the neighborhood dog.
2: I think she might have found a water bottle. Is that what it is?
1: <laughs> the one that maybe you threw when we got no, started? No, it was over there. <laughs> <laughs> so just disregard. She's having fun. She's a puppy uh sorry Uh, what were you saying
2: uh yeah so there's the fire code in it the main key items is this travel distance um so if you're inside the building you can how far is it to an exit that's it that and then fire stops and that's again to uh give you time to exit the building if there's an emergency typically they're they're uh low risk buildings so there's not the same requirements as your full-blown commercial building it's mostly
3: steel right
1: Stealing wood yeah but i'm thinking about the livestock that's inside there right well true they don't know how to read exit signs she or er, <laughs> she. she do you want me to grab that no no don't oh, worry no. about it leave her alone <laughs> <laughs> i just hear the crackling and it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's bothering me yeah.
3: Where is she? How old your dog?
2: <laughs> <laughs> She's two. <laughs> no, I don't remember. What was the question? Uh, You're asking about uh, fire safety. Fire safety. Yeah, fire yeah.
1: safety. And, and I guess um, I'm just assuming with these new million-dollar, like more expensive, state-of-the-art buildings that you guys are creating, being a part of, that there's more fire code in the farmer's book.
2: The farms yes. code hasn't really been updated for since '95. So there's supposed to be a new update coming here in the next year or so
1: that's a long run without any new updates no Mm
2: -hmm. there's a traction to update certain things but again you know you can't put a sprinkler system in these buildings i was just gonna
3: ask like is there it's not it's
2: not feasible because a you're not on municipal water right so you would have to have a you know a holding pond plus a generator and a standby (laughs) pump and you know the generator and a standby pump for a sprinkler system is like 200 grand just by that
1: I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that makes sense.
2: And, you know, if you're in agriculture, everyone wants to, you know, they don't really want to spend money on food. So if you, you know, do those increases, then consumers are going to have to pay for it, right? Yeah, have to come come somewhere. So there's different things that we were doing. Uh, Most of the, you know, the rural fire departments, they have their different parameters on those barns as well. But unfortunately, if there is an issue, they just burn. That's why you know the cost of the buildings are getting so high that's where you're seeing a little bit more of the news about it as well.
1: But then you guys are probably specking out more non-combustible material to be used to slow that burn down or it doesn't no?
2: There's really no standard on it. Like a lot of these new barns are becoming steel or LVLs, glue lamb products. so they have a, a better fire resistance. The other thing too, there's not a whole lot of things to burn in the building. Right. So all the electrical, it's all in your conduits already. Um, there's nothing ran up in the attic. The whole floor is all concrete. Yeah. So you're but already minimalized. trusses are. Your trusses are, yeah.
3: Couldn't you go with the steel?
2: You can go for steel. Um, steel is just more money.
3: Right. So that's really the deciding factor the cost then, of right?
2: The The steel buildings are harder to insulate. So with our colder weather, they like to throw in an R30, R40 in the roof just so uh, you know, helps it from freezing. Keeps them a little bit warm. There's enough heat produced by the animals that keeps right. the building above freezing. They're
3: insulating on the outside or the inside?
2: Well, in the trusses, you're just doing the attic space. Just the
3: attic space area, that's just it. Just
2: blown in in the attic space. Oh, so you
3: actually do put a ceiling on then?
2: Yeah, they'll use um, an egg line or egg tough is what it is. This is a PVC product or right. truss core. And uh, and that's for a couple of reasons. One is just to keep the ammonia out of the, out of the trusses. Uh, the pneumonia will rust all the steel plates off over time. And plus the white looks nicer. <laughs> <laughs> the and animals and Easier the to, easier animals to like clean. Yeah. You know, you have flies up there or whatever. The, the roof can get dirty, right? So, you know, you go in one, a building with no ceiling in it, it's dark and it's not. It's I'm not sure
3: they're going in there pressure washing them a lot too, right? The floors and everything else. Are,
2: For the most part, yeah, yeah. depending on what uh, livestock you have in there.
3: That's interesting. Like, I've never, yeah. He's been inviting me for the
1: longest time to go out there and check it out. I'm just like, I haven't done it yet. I want to go check it out. Yeah, there's
2: one not too far away. We want to go for a road trip.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Is it pumping right now? No.
2: It's under construction. Oh, really? Yeah. I could probably call the contractor and get us in. Look at outside. Well, well, the (laughs) roof's on. The roof's (laughs) on.
1: Yeah, but Jim and I are both driving cars today, not trucks. So Mm -hmm. I'm assuming (laughs) there's dirt roads. (laughs) (laughs)
3: So most of the stuff is barns.
2: Well, most of the stuff is like whatever people pay us to do, right? Yeah. <laughs>
3: Spoken like a real engineer. Yeah. Yeah. So that so that so, is the average cost of, of one of these things that you're doing? About a million bucks?
2: Depends on a lot of parameters. But yeah, they kind of... You know, if you're just doing like a, a shed or whatever... Gee, I would have thought
1: more. I would have assumed more too as well. Well, so it
2: depends. It depends like, you know, millions... Like that chicken barn there, that's a mill. That shed over there, it's is. not finished, so it's probably around four hundred thousand. So what's that? That's all solar, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what everyone, everyone, Did you guys have Everyone's to... wondering what we're pointing at, but we're pointing to photos on our wall. I know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> on a podcast,
1: yeah. audio podcast. But is, that, but, but is that what
2: that is? Is Yeah, that was a solar shed, so that had like five hundred kilowatts on it.
1: Would you guys have to beef up the drafters for those, right? You had to.
2: That yeah. was a that was
0: a brand new build. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, so we designed for like four pounds per square foot, and then we take off the uh, slope factor. So there's a slope factor to reduce the that. Uh, if the
1: solar wasn't on there, it's designed for what per square foot?
0: Just the load kind of thing, just for the from the this,
1: building. Just your
2: gen your, your uh, no snow whatever load. the snow load yeah. is in that area.
1: That's yeah. all it would be, right? Yeah. yeah. But then so. since you're factoring in those panels, right? You have to. Yeah.
2: And no one's done any testing on solar panels in Canada we have to use them as a non-slippery roof. Really? Yeah, they're Just... saying no one's done any like actual testing on ice buildup and snow buildup on the solar panels, right? Yeah. So I know when you drive around and you see all these buildings, you really don't see the snow sitting on the solar panels, but because there's no data on it, we can't really use that. Use that. <laughs> it's crazy, right?
1: Yeah, but why not refer to some countries that are similar to Canada's climate get their data on it, No.
2: It would need our Canadian standards. Okay. So it would need to go to Guelph (laughs) to the testing center and they need to start all over from there. Mm -hmm. And the problem was is they were coming out with new panels every week. No one wanted to
3: nobody wanted to bother.
2: Yeah. So that's why when you have like, you know, your existing house, you just can't throw solar panels on it. You have to go in and do a uh, review of the existing structure to see if your roof can actually take hold it hold it yeah and if so. you're doing trusses if your existing house is done with trusses there isn't any extra room in that truss to take any additional load like the trusses are are so finite but right. they are built to meet the design standards and that's it like there's not even an extra toothpick in them
1: so these structures that you guys are building how long are they supposed to be lasting like how long before there's an issue that you have to rebuild it
2: uh, most of the most like any building, long as you're doing your, your maintenance you take care of it. Take care of it it should then last then a long then time. It's lasting a lot longer, right? You know, no one really knows with today's building standards. Would they last as long as the timber structures? Probably not. Because these timber structures have been around for ever, 100, 100, 150 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so in a
3: in an existing house, let's say, and you see the odd time, people will throw up a couple solar panels and stuff like that. So you're telling me they just put them up there without even...
0: And that'd be okay, I think. If you have, like, one line of panels... It's not... I don't, I don't think you have to bring in a whole bunch of engineers to right, do okay. a full analysis kind of thing. But one, you still need to have a building permit for yeah. it, right? Right, yeah. right. So then you would
2: have to have it engineered and, mm-hmm. and reviewed. Right, 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 right. To be no different than putting a deck on the back of your house, right?
3: True. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well,
1: it's, I mean, it's interesting when we were talking to Glenn earlier today about we're over-engineering we're just adding too much. He's seen more reports, all kinds of stuff like that when it was back in the earlier days when Jim was starting out, you never went to the engineer. Right? Is that the same thing with you guys going on with these barns?
2: Did you never went to the engineer? Well, you
3: never I mean back then those timber
2: Yeah, I brought I brought yeah. up
3: when we got a uh a, a building inspection that we didn't the building inspector inspected everything, even the engineering. Like we didn't have to bring the engineer out like now i guess that's happened in the last like maybe i don't know seven eight years that now building inspectors are saying sure it looks great to me but get the engineer get, get an engineer's report for yeah, well, me
2: a lot of the times that's because a uh, an item doesn't isn't reflected by the code these barns they hardly is any you know there's no kind of standard practice of how to construct it there's no uh, there's no uh, amendments or design criteria that says hey this is the size of the beam that you need, like, you know, your part nine tables that you'd have in the code, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where where once you go outside the code parameters, which is basically this. A lot of it is just to build a simple house. That's where the building inspectors are saying, hey, we need this beam, lintel porch. You but know.
1: isn't the building code an ever evolving thing? Like, aren't we always trying to improve it or we're noticing other cities, countries, whatever? they're coming up with better ways to do things and build things, and and then we're kind of dragging behind until it gets implemented into the code?
2: Yeah, for sure. Like, I know our code is a little bit more on the SB10, the energy efficiency side of things. Sometimes on some of the structural items, it's lacking a little bit.
3: See, I think I just answered my own question now. Thinking in my head. I answered <laughs> it in my own head. Not out here. I forgot the question. What was the did question? Did you want to share the question? Yeah, I'm going to share the question. So what I said about the building inspectors doing the engineer's job back then. When the LVLs came out, iJoyce came out, we always got the stamp from the manufacturer, the guy, manufacturer who, laid, who did the floor layout. It's when we started bringing in the steel that's when the inspectors would go I ah, you know I don't know so we you need to get an engineer yeah and yeah. well
2: you got to think about the house that you designed Jim and today's custom home is all open concept everything and, yeah and uh all glass on the back yeah so that's kind of where some of the code items are falling behind and and, and that's can- what we
3: talked about right I mean yeah I mean everybody wants a completely open first floor and you know, you can't do it with LVLs. You have to do it with steel. Yeah, no, right. Everybody so, how answers. would
1: you tackle that? Because I mean, basically, you you want to put all your strength, your structural strength, on the perimeter of the structure if you want to remove everything from the middle.
2: Yeah, you just take your point loads and transfer it to the exterior. But walls. then you'd have
1: to do that with steel, right? That's when we see drawings showing up with a six by six steel post in the corner, which has got a moment connection. On a 90 degree connected to the next
2: one well because you think about it your whole back end is all glass so where do you get your structural from yeah you don't That's um one of the new products too is the simpson strong wall uh, which is this a uh, basically a heavy lvl that with a with an anchor point on the bottom that you can anchor right to the foundation The
1: vertical lvl vertical and then it's anchored to floor to floor yeah correct what's the cost of that baby
2: Enough that people complain about it. <laughs> so go back to steel. <laughs> uh, a lot of times, yeah, the steel. Yeah. Or I know like recently they just can't get them in. Yeah. So they would just go switch it back to steel. That's been the problem in the last
3: obviously few
2: months is the LVLs.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So or, or certain
3: sizes of eye too, like the eleven and seven, eight seem to be the one that's
1: Wasn't the issue? I think we, we talked about it briefly on the show where it was the glue. Wasn't it the glue manufacturer was holding the glue hostage to the actual engineer manufacturing? Oh,
3: to do they the They wanted LBLs. an increase,
1: and they wouldn't give them the increase, so then they're holding the glue back, and then they, they can't produce the engineer, right?
2: I think it was actually the Texas freeze.
1: Yeah. Was it the Texas freeze? Yeah,
2: that, that plant that got um, all their tanks froze.
1: Now, how long but, ago was that?
2: <laughs> that was this past winter. Yeah.
1: What was it this past winter?
2: So
3: it had to do with the glue. Apparently affected the paint, the pigment for the paint. Like, that's what our painter said. Oh, yeah, all these heavy we,
2: chemicals came from this one factory. Right? In can't. the entire
3: world, in entire North
2: America. North America came from this Texas One plant.
1: factory, that's one it. Factory, Texas refinery. Like, it, yeah. Wow, how does that? Yeah. How does that? That's, right, that's what
3: the painters told us. I'm that. calling BS. Like, it's total BS. No? I don't know, man. Well, okay, well, look at now, they, they, you can't get a truck because you can't get a chip.
2: Or you can get a truck and it doesn't have a thermostat in it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or the thermostat controls. It doesn't tell you what the temperature is.
1: Hey, my Sprinter just got pushed to January of next year.
3: Right. That's the sixth
1: push My right, buddy this just
3: picked up his new pickup, and he was telling me. has got a the, chip in it? He, luckily, he got the chip because he knew the owner of the dealership. And the the owner of the dealership said he was getting seventy trucks brought in that have been ordered, but he can't can't release one because he doesn't have chips for them.
2: Well, that's why they have like uh, a couple of tracks down in the states. It's this hundred acres, two hundred acres is full of pickup trucks that yeah. are complete but don't have the equipment. In it. Don't have equipment. That's why I'm still driving my truck. I can't get a new one. Just keeps on going. What that's, year's yours? It's a 2014 with 700,000 kilometers on it. 700? <laughs> Where are you driving to, man? Uh, all over Ontario. Oh, that
3: looks good, man. You're
1: driving that one to the Jays game? Yep.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, it works good. But in that's the, not uh, deep. That's just... Uh, that's just a gasser. Just a gasser.
3: Like 700, wow.
1: Oh, that's, that's pretty good, It's eh? Still running perfectly smooth.
2: Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so uh, it's cheaper to fix it than is to buy a new one. So what's that? 700,000. That's about four
3: hundred and thirty. I don't even miles. know what, you're what are you? Oh, miles. You're talking about miles. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot, man. Especially for something that's
1: this I, new. Like I get along really
2: well with my dealership.
1: Regular maintenance, and it's totally working fine. Yeah.
2: Like there's been like a couple. my old man would
3: get you know 350 mile, hundred thousand miles out of his Oldsmobiles because that's all he ever drove. And then my niece took that one and. Went to school with it and they called it Dust Boat because I was <laughs> it was so big, right? <laughs> and she took it at 360,000 miles and she used it at university. Crazy, eh? I don't know what that has to do with engineering. I have no, idea. <laughs> no, we're fascinated
1: by trucks with a lot of kilometers on it, man. yeah Nowadays, everyone's just that is the fate get rid of, it. of
3: engineering.
2: Yes, it is. Yeah, they need to work on that feat of engineering on the transmission, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, so that that you went through how many of those?
2: Uh, torque converters, uh, three. Three of them. 1600 $1. bucks was cheaper than ninety grand. So,
1: than a new truck. So you guys got a staff of sixteen in here, in this office space. Yeah. And right around this table. <laughs> <laughs>
3: around.
0: Grandma's no, table. So
1: who does what? Like what, who's in charge of what and all kinds of things like that.
0: Larry does most of the field stuff. Hence the kilometers. So you're the outside so, guy. Yeah. He's the outside guy. Uh, dealing with a lot of the farmers and stuff. Uh, we're kind of split up half, half, uh, industrial and then half, um, kind of farm and, uh, uh, residential. And so, uh, so half the guys are doing like, uh, Industrial mill writing stuff and cranes and stuff like that. Um, yeah, the rest is all farm stuff. And uh, we hired a bunch of co-op students this summer, just with the COVID kind of thing. And uh, a lot of them work remotely, which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, a lot of our staff are working remote. You so, guys are always looking for staff. Yeah. Well, just like anyone in any industry right now, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, we could use. Uh, yeah, we could use some young engineers. We have we have enough senior engineers.
2: And, and, and some drafters as well, drafting. Some drafting. The, the sore spot right now, but. So where would you get them
3: from? University here?
2: Depending on what you're going from. So the engineers, a lot of them are coming from the University of Waterloo. We've been getting co-op students basically from day one. So every three months we have a new or every four months we have a new co-op student show up. Yeah, a lot of them uh, really enjoy the uh, our office atmosphere so they come back for two co ops so it works out pretty slick.
3: Does everybody bring their dogs?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's got dogs bring dogs. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, Sam, he brought his dogs a bunch of times. Brian's not allowed to bring his dog. <laughs> why, why not? It barks. Bri- Brian's oh, a yapper. Yeah it's a Brian yapper. has one of those little white dogs. Yeah. You can pretty much say enough yeah. about that. So all you guys got to do is all
1: you guys got to do is just put a doorbell on the front there and just hit that doorbell and then the dog can go <laughs> off. That's all it is.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's pretty much yeah. If you have a good dog, then we can come in. Uh, Alex brings in his dogs once in a while.
1: Is yeah. it true that more women are getting into engineering than men these days, or no? The the pool of students that are coming from yeah, schools. I'm
2: not too sure on the exact numbers. Um, I do see a lot of the candidates when I do our co-op each semester, so. Yeah. you know there does
0: definitely seems to be a lot of interest um especially at waterloo yeah. yeah we hired a uh a female co-op student and uh she um she's taking a engineering slash architectural degree like the combined yeah it sounded really interesting and she's actually and as a lot of it was like architectural conservation so it kind of worked really well with our whole barn yeah no it's a wedding yeah. barn thing and so yeah she was super helpful and uh yeah, and she worked with the other co-ops. It's unique with the co-ops. We have, a, we have our own programs. We make our own programs. And so basically, with the farm buildings, you can get input all the information, and then it's an Excel spreadsheet. And it just gives you all the information it takes to design it, right? So wow. so the engineering on a barn, you just put in all the information, and it just pumps it out. And it's kind of cool that way. So the students can actually design a full barn by the end of the term, no problem. So.
2: And our, our current uh, Waterloo co-op student, he's, he returned for a second semester with us. And this time, he just kind of looks after all the rest of the co-ops and works out really well. Yeah. And usually the Waterloo ones, we usually get, we've been doing it for so long, we kind of have, uh, we're kind of like the go-to people for the premium co-op. Co-op, student.
1: right. Are you guys dealing with farmers directly? Yep. Really, Yeah. So they don't hire a design crew or anything like that or firm?
2: Most, most of the, like, the farmers themselves, they know exactly what they want. They've been working in the barn. They see what everyone else is doing. They'll go tour a lot of the projects. They have a pretty good understanding of so what they want. So it's definitely function. Oh, it's 100% function. Yeah. And a lot of times they'll be talking to a builder first, and then the builder will come to uh, to us, right? So either both ways. Either we'll recommend a few builders that we work with, or, or they'll already have the builder, and the builder will send the project to us. Is
1: a lot of young builders getting into this game?
2: Yeah, it seems to be along those lines or they were working for a crew and then they separated and went and did their own start their own
1: well i like the turnaround eh jim like it's you were saying in a month if you are in a hurry if it's a fire or whatever well and that's like you have yeah.
2: you know a hundred people on site right but
1: realistically what is it like two three months kind of
2: thing to build well it depends like you know on a shed when you know? say
1: shed i mean like how big is a shed to you a eh? shed to me is eight by eight
2: yeah shed to me is like 60 by 100. <laughs> and that's kind of like the small sheds these days. The reason why I say like that's a small one because when it's under six thousand square feet, it doesn't necessarily need to be engineered.
1: You could just basically use the OBC, and that's it.
2: Or a BCIN qualified designer. That's it.
1: That's and crazy. same thing yeah. with
2: like you know any building under six thousand, you can get a, just a BCIN. Yeah, designer. just a
1: BCIN you can take care of it.
2: Yeah. So you know if you're building you know these large sheds, depends on how many people they have on their crew, right? Most crews are, you know, four or five, uh, or they'll have multiple crews, so and guess, you know, sixty uh, by a hundred.
3: To- I wonder, like, like how, um, like how much work is there not in building it? How much work is out there in these things? It seems to me that once you get this thing built, they're not. Nobody's going to build another one for a while. Like how many, Oh, how many sheds can you get building? But you guys are constantly building.
2: Yeah, sheds. we're doing tons of. So you go all over Ontario then? Yeah, we work with built contractors all over.
1: So how many did you build this year?
2: I have no idea. We usually do 200 projects a month. A month? A month? Yeah. <laughs> a month? It yeah. depends on what the project is. Like, It could be like sizing a lintel, classifies as a project, right? Or, or doing a shed or barn or whatever, right? Okay.
3: So put yeah. those aside.
2: 150 <laughs> <laughs> still though
1: i mean even if you guys are doing what 100 sheds a month like that's insane yeah, it, d- it
2: depends on what what, what really is going on but yeah wow. like we do have you know a large staff so mm-hmm. and we would do work with like a lot of designers that this send the plans to us to review and, and stamp right so it's not like we're drawing every single one either
3: it's just to me like you mean you see that farm mm-hmm. there and that and i mean just like, how, how many of these things are going up all the time, right? you think, was, you'd think
2: there'd be an end to it, right? Yeah, no, there's a lot. It's a wow. lot. And, and like, what, the thing is, too, is you got to think about it. people, like, you just had lunch, right? Like, you need to keep on eating. So agriculture is is still growing. Constantly changing, right? And yeah. changing and evolving, right? Where, you know, some people, and even, like, equipment size is evolving, too, right? Where, True. you know, the larger tractors, all that, they just need more space. Another thing, too, is, like, today's tractor is basically a tesla so like it doesn't it doesn't like sitting out in the cold anymore so it doesn't it's not worthwhile for the farmer to have that investment of half a million dollars a Dollar t- right. sitting outside in the cold right just with all the computers and chips and everything in it's it. a shitload of money hey, to be a farmer i mean i oh, yeah. feel for these guys if they have it
3: have you gone grocery shopping lately yeah i know but just i mean look at the cost to it's a, a, it's, a a farmer, right? it's a lot. I mean it's a lot of work. It's a hard-earned living is what it is. Yeah, I mean, uh, and, and yeah, just because they have all the equipment and everything else. But, I mean, they're out there, right? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. even though you've got like, your you half know, a million dollar tractor, but doesn't matter. Somebody's got to run it.
2: Well, like, they're starting to get to full automated tractors. But uh, today, you basically just turn turn around in the headland and hit autopilot and right. just follow GPS. It's crazy.
1: I'm looking at the third picture there on the wall there of the, the shed that's green and red there, and I'm just it's awesome. Thinking, it looks is, great. Is that a Portuguese farmer there, or what's going on? <laughs> oh. there. All I need to see now are gold doors, man. No,
2: that's this. A lot of the agricultural colors are the red and the, the red green and green, white. yeah. Um, but now we're getting more in that like the top colors now are most like slate gray and black. They're they're kind of going that way.
3: I um, love driving by a farm when it looks like that. Like you can just say, okay, classic. that guy's, got, yeah, that guy's classic. got it. He's got right? some style, is what it yeah. is.
2: Well, the other thing too is like you know this thing about like you know, image and all that. Like Again, if you see, yeah. if you see you know a, a place that that doesn't look tidy or whatever, you're thinking about those animals. If you see a, sh- a building that looks all all clean and proper, then you're like you know those people would likely take better care of their. their yeah. Uh, not Firestock, that that means everything, yeah. but. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm.
1: I still think that guy's Portuguese. That's that's just me, me, man. That's a goat farm.
0: Is it a goat farm? It's a goat dairy, yep. Milking goats. Uh, Yeah, he's definitely Portuguese. (laughs) (laughs) What else do you guys want to teach us, man? Uh, We do a lot of uh, floating slabs. So uh, we have a website that we specialize. Take orders for floating slabs. We design, like, we specialize in that. So, if you want to put your like a shed on a floating slab, or if your house has a high water table, we design the floating slab. Or, like, and these sheds are your 20 by 30 sheds, that yeah. You them. like Manny, yeah. So, 20 by 30 sheds, yeah.
1: So, a floating slab, how are you guys designing that floating slab for our winters?
0: So, basically, we use the uh, Canadian Foundation Manual, and in that manual, it's got all these tables that tell you. If you need insulation, how much insulation should go out from the foundation? If it's like supposed to be four feet or six feet, and as you go out with like it's a two-inch insulation, it keeps the frost from going underneath the underneath the uh, underneath the insulation and under your building, right? And so yeah, so we do lots of that kind of specialization. So
1: the more insulation, okay. So mm-hmm. you have to bring it out at grade. It should be grade, below the same, grade, the
2: same level as the deepest portion of the slab. Mm-hmm
1: you bring it out and then yep. you could put grade on top of that Correct. to hide the foam. Yes. Cause you want to protect the foam because of UV. Okay. So I got no, it. So no
2: gravel underneath. Yeah. Usually you have like six inches of clear stone six or a, a gravel compacted paste underneath the slab as well.
1: And then what thickness of foam are you looking at? Depends on the thickness. Two, of the Right. Foam. Always two. Always two. Always two. Minimum yeah. two. Okay. Yeah. But that's the same principle that is for walkouts, right? When you're doing it at the bottom yeah. of a landing of a yeah. walkout, right? So True. do you avoid frost? by adding those two inches. Yes. So you guys are doing that same thing, but that's a floating slab, and that slab still moves seasonally.
0: Right. If you don't put the insulation, it will move up and down a little bit. But uh, if you put the insulation, and if you heat it to 18 degrees Celsius in there, it's not going to move. The fond- the, uh, we have tables based on the city in Ontario kind of thing, and you can see which city needs so much insulation out. And so basically, the, the foundation won't see any frost action.
3: And how is the slab?
0: Uh, we usually, because we're going over the internet, we usually do about six? six inches. Yeah. So if you build that and you heat it, mm-hmm. and you got two inches of foam, that will not move. Will not move. No. If you don't heat it, it's going to move. Yeah. But it won't. Sometimes it won't move enough that you would notice it. So that's the. So how
1: does that work? So the heat from the actual structure it goes through the thermal mass of the concrete. Yeah. And then it gets to the foam and then it prevents all that earth underneath there from actually achieving a frost line at that level. Right. And then we don't have movement. Correct. See, I was paying attention in class, man. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> we, we, we like them because it, it reduces excavation, less concrete, less forming. A lot of, you don't have to have those specialized forms, right? Like anybody can build yeah. it, right? So uh, we're big fans of it. And then yeah. you've
3: got, you got the mesh in the, in the concrete,
2: right? Yes. Yeah, you usually yeah. put 415M around the perimeter. Through the thickened edge, and then wire mesh or fiber mesh in the center. Right.
1: And you guys are doing the sheds the same thing as the farm, like that. You're doing the exact same thing.
2: On the on the larger projects, like once you go over by like you know 40 by 40, then the uh, concrete uh, volumes start equaling out, right? Yeah. And, and so you know when you're doing the barns and all that, like even the sheds, that's just like you know the same practices of you guys building your buildings, right? You have a four foot foundation, and then stud walls up to a truss. So instead of, you know, putting, you know, a garage in the backyard where you have an 8-foot stud, we'll have a 16-foot stud. Oh, I got it. Okay. And then, and this interesting. Instead of your 20-foot truss, we'll put a 80-foot truss on it.
1: So do you guys remember <coughs> um, Joel's Laneway? And I think, uh, Larry, you probably listened to that show where he was talking about that foam, that ICF for slab foam. Correct, yep. What are your thoughts on that? I've never used it. Jim, I don't think no. you've never used it. Have you guys come across that?
2: We've came across a, a few clients that have... Wanting to use that, that's more, they usually use that more for uh, houses, slab on grade houses. Okay. There's another product called uh, Mono Easy Form, and that is actually, uh, it's basically like a triangle that you put in and around the slab, and they use that as your, fo- as your form, but then it just stays.
1: Okay, I understand. So
2: it's just kind of that, uh, you know, creates the shape of the slab. You just lay out the foam, stake it, and there's, your, there's your, all your cribbing and forming done. Oh. And you back and you backfill up the side, and then that holds it while you pour.
1: That brings me back to the sheds that you guys are building here. What about all the mechanical? I guess mostly plumbing, because there's got to be a lot of drainage for all the cattle, whatever dairy, everything like that. So that's all factored into the concrete slab.
2: Yeah, it would be all drawn on the plans. You know, all all the if you're talking about a barn, all the liquid would all go on the slabs. They have scrapers pushing it to a, a liquid holding tank. Then all that just gets pumped out gets pumped out to a larger you can see on that one the big circle out back oh yeah off the side that's cool um goes to there on sheds and stuff it would be this your floor drains um they would just go to an oil separator and then you'd have minimum like a bathroom if 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 you required that and that would just go to a little septic system
0: Yeah. The uh, farmers actually have to come up with like a nutrient management plan for their farms. And uh, so a lot of times it's like a different another report that the farmer has to submit when he wants to get a building built. So it's kind of interesting. It's basically uh,
2: you just have to say how many animal units you have Mm -hmm. and where that that uh, that manure is going Mm -hmm. and how much it's going on on your land. So you can't oversaturate your land with manure. It's all about water runoff. Man, the conversations that you have at work, huh? So <laughs> we did not literally one. talking about shit. <laughs> <laughs> <As we are. laughs> so the one was kind of interesting. We had to do a, a unique barn for uh, like tinchillas. So we had to figure <laughs> out the tinchilla manure. <laughs> the size of the yeah. ch- pellets. <laughs> <laughs>
1: really? And yeah. it, it, I guess it adds up. Yeah, Larry had to, it to follow it up. around.
2: Yeah, uh, the, no, 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 you did not. Your, the Ministry of Environment has tables that you go to, and then basically you have to figure out uh, an animal unit. So basically a cow is one animal unit, and a chinchilla is like, <laughs> uh, I think you need like... Know, 100 so oh, 100 chinchillas. So I'm just, okay. I'm
1: getting this picture of taxpayer dollars paying these Well, this all kind of
2: came out of, like, uh, to Walkerton. Roll to,
1: to roll around and, and calculate manure
2: of different animals to create these tables that you guys are using. Well, this is all the Clean Water Act, right? Yeah. So, like, Walkerton, that issue became, was because of manure runoff. So all this nutrient management came in after that. So then people weren't just spreading it and, it, you know, going off into the, the creeks. Oh, so you, know what I, you know what I
3: find interesting about this talk is that when I when I built on Bigwin Island, like everybody's doing a septic bed and the water's really close. The lake is right, r- really close. Like no one's ever worried about the runoff. Like why wouldn't you then...
2: Out- but then like by the time it's going through the septic... The, the weeping bed is basically at water point then anyways. Like all the solids are already removed. Well, it's,
1: it's natural filtration, right? Isn't it? So like, that right, be, but
2: so that's why that's why your bed has to be so large. So then, by the time it gets filtered out, it's it, it's it's at a safe level.
3: But you're on an island, like I, like <laughs> just <laughs> with, del- with bedrock, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, just, yeah, with bedrock. Like, so over the it?
2: years, I mean, well, some of those systems uh, were done before today's standards
3: some of them but the ones <laughs> that are going up there now are yeah today's Our, standards
2: are engineered by uh an it right by right, a right. mechanical guy that understands that system
3: all right well again you know what <laughs> you're on an island it's surrounded by water we're talking about runoff it just like why wouldn't you just put a tank and get the thing you know get a pump yeah in, we it actually did
2: uh, well
3: you got to wherever, wow. you're, you're blasting it open for a, for a septic.
2: Yeah, like we did a, an island, uh, little colli- cottage just around the corner here and they weren't allowed to add any more fixtures to the cottage and there's an island, another island beside them and they're not allowed to do anything on it. So it has to be a composting toilet, right? Uh, just because the, the island is a rock. Bit, well, and also like a little bit bigger than this table right 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 so right. they they just barged out a little camper and a composting t- toilet there and that's what they do but the rest of it it's like they wouldn't be allowed to put a large project on it
3: now i know about septics <laughs>
2: i know a little bit more i still about don't septics. know about <laughs> it i still like to know what the weight of a
1: chinchilla
3: uh, poop pellet is all about turd right? is i
1: don't know Turd, yeah i
3: don't know like a chocolate chip wouldn't it oh, I or more know. Know. like I a rose to, what you know? is it <laughs> I wouldn't compare the two, <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then yeah. So that's just you know some of the different interesting projects. Uh, very Like that's got to be an interesting job. Like, yeah, you because guys you guys, the
1: conversations you guys are having, and like the things you have to require because of the tenants of your structures. It's not just human beings, right? right? You have to factor in so much more involved in the structure.
2: Well, and then everything's all design and and. and, and designed for animal comfort right yeah yeah just because you know this like anything a happy cow is does better right making sure that the cow has a nice bed to lay on yeah. proper water not moving around nice access to feed proper uh ventilation requirements
3: i got to have a happy cow,
2: man.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: how far do you guys take the projects? Like how far do you guys are involved? Do you
1: take it right to the time that it's open and all the tenants come in and all the units are hanging out there or are you guys long gone by then?
2: Well, usually just because we're just the structural engineers, as soon as the, as soon as the structure is basically complete, then we're, gone. We're, we're kind of finished then, right? Obviously, sometimes we'll go back and, and visit a project or for whatever reasons, right? So I, I just posted a, a timber barn today. And uh, I went back because they were getting it set up for a wedding. It was like the first one, and I wanted to see the interior lights in it because it looked looked nice. It turned out nice. And then uh, sometimes, sometimes we're working on breweries and distilleries, and sometimes you want to partake in them. Yeah, like different kind of cows. This
3: engineering is very interesting to me. It's a different. It's it's giving me a whole new look (laughs) on engineering instead of what I just dealt with. Like this is great. This is this. No, yeah, we always It's uh, interesting. Like I don't know how you would get bored at this.
2: Yeah, there's always different. I think that's why Brian likes it too. Is is that yeah. there's, you know, you get to go into you know on the factory side, you get to go into every production factory and see how things are made.
3: Like you actually, like you guys get to see, like you're talking about the meat plant, mm-hmm. right? I'm not going to say any names, and then but then you're talking about where it actually starts from. Yep. Like, yeah, we were talking about dairy cows, but I'm sure there's. Oh, for sure. There, you know, there's the slaughter, you
2: know, ones and, that And are... then we'll go to a restaurant and see where it's finished. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: uh, I up, had a chicken. Uh, what are those farms like? <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys do those as well, don't you? Yeah. yeah. Is there any animal you haven't built a structure for? No, because depending on whatever. Including human beings.
2: Yeah. yeah and a lot of the types of animals like you know are are, are kind of in different classes, right? So you know your poultry is one class, swine is another one. you know there's different there's different ways and methods of, of, of doing it, right so the the one that I was talking about that was done up a lot nicer, that is a pasture pork. so the pigs can go outside and, and play, go on the go out for go, go <laughs> onto the pasture <laughs> and then uh, you know they can come back when the weather is is not so nice, right? Because, like you know, we have winter, right? So the animals yeah. aren't going to survive. You but know, we, we know what's
3: going to happen to them later, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's it's all about the, the different markets, right? So, right. So that you know the you know, yeah, you're right. They, each animal is 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 an it's is an a, end as an end. But you know, there's different markets and different rights and classifications and and humane levels yeah. and, and everything like that, right?
1: We've always said that there's always a a huge cast of characters in construction, and I can only assume that the farmers are quite the cast of characters themselves. Well, oh, that's
2: the same with like you know all your Anything. clients are, are 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 oh yeah, no hold a cast right? of characters, yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, this kind of you know, every kind of building around needs to be engineered, right? I'm so. just
1: assuming that a lot of farmers are also very passionate about what they do too.
2: Oh, for sure, right? Yeah. So you know they want they want what's best for all their animals in there. Just just because they're happier, you know. For you know, dairy cow. If a dairy cow is happy, it's going to produce more. You're going to you're going to do everything you can do so that cow is at maximum efficiency, but also like, you know, comfort and everything like that, because that's also big factors in it, right? Psychology. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing. Like you, you got to take care of of all these animals because if you if you're you know mean or cruel to them, then they're not going to produce as much, which then reflects on your on, on the products that you sell Because you won't right. have as many right Oh wait a minute yeah.
1: You just lost me there for a second I thought we were talking about cows But you, you were talking about tradespeople. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know
2: it's the same with anything You know your trades You, you treat gotta them well They're happy. going to. It's rain. exactly the
1: same They're, they're going to continue Bring them right? back in when it rains Yeah That's it <laughs> Alright we got to wrap it up Let's wrap it up All right, guys, thank you so much, Larry and uh, Brian, to see you guys again. I really appreciate it. Uh, Website is weldelleng.com, info at weldelleng.com, at weldellengltd, and then also weldell underscore engineering. So you're doing lots of drone videos these days. You're sharing lots of drone videos. You guys are, are like, like showing some really good content. That's yeah, what no, I like about got, it, right? It's great stuff. So you guys Keep can actually like, see the pour, the massive yeah. pours and 300-foot reach on the pump creed, and then you can actually see the whole structure starting to go together, which I totally dig, man. We got one last segment here. Have You guys, did, you guys never did this last no, time. No,
2: this is new, but oh. I was wondering if Jim was going to wrap us out or what. Jim's, <laughs> Jim's not going <laughs> to wrap, wrap us either. I can't oh, wrap really? <laughs> can't This wrap. is a little beatbox.
3: Beatbox. you know how to do that? <laughs> are you guys ready for this? Hip hop above that 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 there that's all I can get out of
1: it. (laughs) (laughs) I could sample that. I'll do it over and over. What is your favorite construction word, guys? Timber frame.
2: Yeah, timber's pretty cool.
1: Timber. What is your least favorite construction word? Retaining walls.
2: Revision. (laughs)
1: What turns you on in construction?
2: Probably it's a timber framing again there, right, Brian? Yeah. Or uh moment connections maybe. I'm not
0: oh, sure.
2: Uh, yeah, steel. Uh what turns me on is it's like, you know, seeing all these different projects that we're able to partake in and seeing places where not the average person can, can go see, right? It's true. You guys get to yeah, go no, where I, a lot I of people find this so interesting. Yeah. I mean,
3: I would love to come to one
2: of these things when
3: you guys are-
1: He's been asking me over and over. Let's do it. Let's schedule a <laughs> date on a nice sunny day where when we have our trucks. When one's
3: complete and you're and they, you're ready to hand it over to the Chinchilla
2: farmer <laughs> uh, What turns you off In construction uh, Revisions Or time, or uh, Unrealistic timelines mm-hmm. uh, Calls from the Billing department okay, That's Ooh, bad too uh,
1: What is your favorite Curse word or phrase We've been keeping This one clean so I'll be
2: back
0: When the beer's cold I'm
2: not sure <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've been getting Autocorrected A lot of times So like Duck off yeah, no. no.
1: As mar- like I kind of like duck I, though. It's kind of funny. I've never wanted to say ducking. Never. Okay. Never, I, I like ducking. It's kind of funny. Ducking. ducking. When you auto spell. Yeah, 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 yeah. It just never, populates just... ducking.
2: What they is your favorite? It. You it, it kind of just it, takes go it. It, it kind of was like, okay. yeah. makes you smile when you're ducking, yeah. ducking yeah. you. Yeah. Duck off. Uh, what it's is your... making <laughs>
1: you a
3: better person, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what is your
0: favorite car or truck or bike or vehicle? I don't like four e-bikes so uh you like e-bikes yeah i'm a big e-bike fan yeah are you really but yeah this guy he has like
2: four of them (laughs) i'm pretty sure you can only ride one at a time (laughs) oh so you're that guy (laughs) 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 although i i I was out at uh, a restaurant the other day and i saw a guy and he was in full biker gear and was on an e-bike with like the big harley (laughs) in the middle of the lane (laughs) yeah yeah it was interesting
1: Yeah, I don't know about that one, but okay.
2: What's yours, Larry? Oh, I think I just like my GM trucks. What is your least favorite car, truck, bike, or vehicle? Uh, Brian's (laughs) (laughs) e-bikes.
0: It's probably probably a regular bike now. I don't know. A regular (laughs) bicycle or a regular motorcycle? A regular bicycle. Bicycle. What,
1: What construction sound or noise do you guys love? e-bike
0: uh, <laughs>
2: there you go yeah. nice quiet
1: <laughs> the sound of wind oh. against an e-bike
2: yeah I just like the sound of like the concrete going in the forms hmm
1: that's different. Kind of different yeah I like that
0: the pour so he likes that the, sound the Nothing. engineer <laughs> stamp fate. I don't know <laughs> engineer stamp <laughs> I don't
2: know what construction sound or noise do you guys hate not a big fan of the uh the beeping on the trucks oh, oh the back the, the back up yeah. or like when a client calls too many times over fun things <laughs>
0: yeah. the, the grinding of steel when you have to fix some steel on site. oh yeah that's pretty oh, bad uh, yeah
1: mm. what profession other than your own would you guys like to attempt
0: well we're flying the drone all the time maybe maybe being a pilot <laughs> oh yeah it's kind of fun well uh, we do a lot we work with scaffolders and some of the places they get's kind of cool I think that'd be kind of cool to try for a bit but, oh really yeah.
1: yeah what profession would you guys not like to do the scaffolding,
2: because some of those places they go to, is, it's a little sketchy. It's fine when it's like, it's all up and it's safe, but as they're putting it up, you're like, that's interesting. Am I going on this? <laughs> uh, seems safe, go. What's yours, Brian? Uh,
0: probably your architect. Just uh, the, the whole artsy thing, I'm not sure about.
1: Final question, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you guys arrive at the pearly gates? Not necessarily together. <laughs> <laughs>
2: didn't think you'd make it <laughs> <laughs> i have no idea
0: <laughs> that's what god's saying <laughs> yeah probably uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically.
1: all right guys i really appreciate it man thank you so much yeah. we learned a lot about yeah, uh, guys
3: thank you that was very interesting was really very, yeah. yeah thank yeah. you
1: again for organizing all this to get us out here to cambridge and we'll come back again and we'll do a site visit with you guys and then uh Check it out, man. Yeah, no, be fun. I'd love I, to see that. I've been wanting to do it. Let's get in there before the cold weather comes in. Yeah. Yeah. And check it out soon enough. So really appreciate you uh, right. setting this up at the offices. Yeah. Thank you so much for getting today. all thank going and, and setting up the interviews with the other guys. Those guys were great as well, too. And uh, yeah, that's thanks it. for coming out. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you, man. Yeah. All right, Jim, we are out of here for now. You can beat us out of here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Beep us out of here. <laughs> we're gone. We're gone. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. you.